Hello, everybody. I am the host, Ryan Allen, and welcome to All In, All Out. I hope that all of you are having a nice Friday and a great overall day. And whatever time it may be, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, I thank all of you for joining the show once again. All right, let's get the show popping. So, as I mentioned last episode, where I discussed very briefly on Women's History Month, being as it is in March. And some of you may ask yourself, or may be asking yourself, why am I discussing Women's History Month? Why is it? a topic of conversation that I'm having on this show. Well, if I haven't already, I want to give a a background on why Women's History Month is special to me. And it's not from the standpoint that March is the only month where I acknowledge women of all sorts, whether it's in my family, my colleagues, or other people, such as friends, acquaintances, etc. But for those who don't know, I grew up with four women in the household, three sisters and my mother. And being the youngest out of four, on my mom's side, (laughs) I got, and I always tell women, whether they're colleagues or outside of work, when we discuss things women-related, relationships, advice, understanding, and other things of that nature. And most, if not all the time, I mentioned that I grew up with four women. And I always say, or at the very least, most of the time, I say that growing up with four women was one of the greatest privileges I've ever had from as a kid, as a teenager, and as a young adult. Because women are so precious. They're so valuable. You know, and it irritates me when I see all of these quote-unquote red pill, blue pill, whatever, talk shows, dating talk shows, such as at whatever or Pearl talk, whatever, just pearly things, Sneeko, Andrew Tate and all them type of people. And they say (laughs) that men don't need women. Imagine that. (laughs) Men don't need women. And it's such blasphemy. And I could just go back to the beginning of time from Adam and Eve. Some of you may know the story. 
when God requested Adam to name two of every animal, Adam essentially was looking at the situation and saying, wait a minute, how come these animals (laughs) got a partner in crime and I don't got a partner? I don't got a woman. And then that's the story where God formed Eve from the rib of Adam and so on and so forth. So don't tell me (laughs) that men don't need women. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. You know, James Brown, he once had a song and it, it was titled Man's World. And he, he said a line where it's so true to this day. And I, I want to play it real quick. <laughs> so y'all get to hear some tunes real quick. So true, so true, so true. And that's why I want to take the time out this month to acknowledge all women out there from all ethnic backgrounds and to let all of you know you are uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully made by God's image. And just... Look Look how the way God describes women, right? And I'm just going to read close to a handful of scriptures just so y'all get the, the idea of how valuable God, excuse me, how God values women as such a high prestige. First scripture I'm going to read is in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 30. And it reads, Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. And this scripture is essentially saying that no matter what you look like or what worldly riches you have, a woman's commitment to Lord is what truly matters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the next scripture I'm going to read real quick is in Luke chapter 1 and verse 45. And now in this scripture is talking about Elizabeth. And for those who don't know who Elizabeth is, that's the mother of John the Baptist, was the wife of Zechariah, and I believe the Anna Mary, if I remember the scriptures correctly. And In that scripture, it reads, And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be, excuse me, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those which were told her from the Lord. And this scripture essentially is stating that when we ask for anything from the Lord, 
God listens and provides in his own way because we know that his way is always the best way. Now, going back to Proverbs chapter, well, going back to the book of Proverbs now in chapter 11 and verse 16. Excuse me, verse, yeah, verse 16. Verse 16, hallelujah. Hallelujah to the most high. And that scripture, it reads, A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. Now, essentially, it's stating that any woman who is compassionate in her life will be rewarded in heaven, while those who act in anger will be punished. And the last scripture I'm going to read is in Proverbs chapter 3. Yeah, chapter 3 and verse 15. And that reads, she is more precious than rubies. Than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. What God is saying here that women are more valuable than most, if not all the materialistic things that are on earth, because all the materials that are on earth will go away one day. So we need to treat women with care and they will return with love, a God type of care. So just the scriptures I read shows how valuable women are and how God values women so much that he laid down scriptures after scripture stating the standard of what a woman is meant to be from being fearful of the Lord to how they're supposed to dress and appear and set a standard along with being a walking example, a walking light in the world for God. That's why it's so important for women to hold that standard that's why it's so important for women to follow the scriptures. You know, as, the, as the, the book said, that what was written before a time is written for our learning. And in the scriptures, it shows how to live like a woman, how to be a woman, and most importantly, be a woman of God. And this month, I'm going to dive in to some of those aspects and how to be a woman of God and straight up just be a high value woman. Now, I know that many people talk about that on those other dating shows and whatnot. What is a high value woman? Well, the difference between those people and this show, I'm going to give you the scriptures. You know, because those people, most of them, they're giving you their opinion. They're giving you what they experience. Well, I'm going to give you the book of scriptures. That's what I'm going to give you. Because ain't no better truth 
ain't no better standard. There ain't no better way than those scriptures. And those scriptures, if you follow them, men or women, you will have the best standard of all. And you will stand out in front of the crowd. You will stand out and shine your light on the darkness of the world. So stay tuned for that. But for today's show, I want to lay a foundation of Women's History Month. Where did it come from? Just like, just like Black History Month, where did it begin? Where did it originate? What is the genesis of this month? Well, according to womenshistory.org, which where I'm getting my information, just as Black History Month, Women's History Month started as Women's History Week. I did not know that. Just like before Black History Month was Negro History Week, which was started by Carter G. Woodson, Women's History Month originated as Women's History Week. And it started on March 2nd through the 8th. In 19, excuse me, in 1980, officially, from President Jimmy Carter. And here's what the, the article reads. Women's History Month began as a local celebration in Santa Rosa, California. The Education Tax Force of the Sonoma County Commission on the Status of Women planned and executed a Women's History Week celebration in 1978. The organizers selected the week of March 8th to correspond with International Women's Day. The movement spread across the country as other communities initiated their own Women's History Week celebrations the following year. In 1980, a group of women and historians led by the National Women's History Project, now the Women's History Alliance, successfully lobbied for national recognition. In February 1980, as I mentioned, President Jimmy Carter issued the first presidential proclamation during the week of March 8, 1980, as National Women's History Week. And here was a quote from President Jimmy Carter at the time. Quote, From the first settlers who came to our shores, from the first American Indian families who befriended them, Men and women have worked together to build this nation. Too often the women were unsung and sometimes their contributions went unnoticed. But the achievements, leadership, courage, strength, and awe and love of the women who built America was as vital as that of the men whose names we know so well. End of quote. So that's where the origin of First, Women's History Week came from. And now, how did it turn into Women's History Month? Well, according to the articles, here's what happened. Subsequent presidents continued to proclaim a women, excuse me, to proclaim a National Women's Week in March until 1987. So just seven years later, when Congress passed public law 100-9, 
designating March as Women's History Month. Between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions requesting and authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month. Since 1995, each president has issued an annual proclamation designing, oh, excuse me, designating the March of the month of March as Women's History Month. So imagine that. I just want to correlate this back to Black History Month. It took almost 50 years for black people to have their own month. And it happened to be on the shortest month of the, of the year, but I'm going to leave that alone. But it took almost 50 years, 40 to 50 years, for African Americans to have a month designated for them on a national scale. But yet for women, it took seven years <laughs> to get their own month. That's just to show you, see, that just shows you how lackadaisical African-Americans were. And I could make an argument they're the same way today, where how it takes 40 to 50 years for for a ethnic background to get their own month, but it took a, a gender seven years to get their own month. It, it, it's truly fascinating to see that. And it's truly fascinating to see how it goes from, it went from Women's History Week to Women's History Month. It's truly fascinating. And now I want to play a, a clip from a woman named Susan Scalan who breaks down Women's History Month and how it came about. Now, for those who don't know, she helped found the Congressional Caucus. And the Congressional Caucus are a group of members of the United States Congress that meet to pursue common legislative objectives. And she helped found the Congressional Caucus for Women's Issues and its policy arm, the Women's Research and Education Institute as well. And in addition to that, at that time, when she helped found these, the, the caucus, there were 70 women in the House of Representatives and one woman in the Senate. And today, the caucus has grown to 76 con congresswomen and 18 senators. From four, that's a 4 to 17% increase as well. So this woman has been a big contribution for women's issues and, and women's rights. So take a listen to how Women's History Month started. So I went to Barbara and I said, we've got to do this. And she said, we're not going to get a month. You know, the, the Black Caucus has more. And I said, okay, let's go for a week. And she said, 
okay, let's go for a week. So we introduced legislation. It would come out of the post office and civil service committee, but any commemorative things came out of this sort of non-important committee declaring holidays. And um, so I set up a bill to, inter to uh, declare a week and that's when Barbara said, when are you going to declare that week? You know you should declare August 26. It should surround August 26 when we got the right to vote. And I looked at her, and she's from Maryland. I said, Barbara, do you want to be outside parading on August 26 when it's hotter than the hinges of hell? And she said, no, Susan, I think you're exactly right. Now, let's see. What other dates do we have? And I said, there's International Women's Day. And she said, in March... Go for it. So that's how we picked, because we wanted the, the cherry blossoms in bloom. We wanted it to be marching weather. And so we picked March, and we got the first week approved. I think it was almost voice vote. And then Barbara went on and got the month later on. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. That, that, that is truly incredible, how they chose... Well, Susan chose that month. And I don't blame her. <laughs> and the lady she referenced stating that, you know, it should be in August because of that time where women got the right to vote. She's like, yeah, it's too hot for that. <laughs> I'd rather do it in March where it's between winter and, and spring. And it correlates sides with women's international month or international day and that, that that's just amazing man it, it, it's i love women i, I love women uh, as i said it, it it was a pleasure growing up with four women in my household and i got to learn so much still learning to this day because uh, Unfortunately, we live in a society where men take advantage uh, of women. And because I grew up with four, I understand why women do what they do, think the way they think, act the way they act, operate the way they operate, and the heart of a woman. So now I use that knowledge to help our women, to guide them to put them in situations where they could be prosperous and achieve and not end up dating scumbags. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for today. That, that's the foundation. That's how Women's History Week started and what we see today as Women's History Month. So... Get the star, the, give the show a five-star rating, please, or any rating that's on your heart. Leave a comment. I greatly would appreciate it. You can follow me on all of my social media platforms. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, stay blessed and stay well-balanced. Peace!